What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Owen Hunt, a.k.a. Bootsy Greenwood. He is a comedian, podcaster, and also a blue-collar mystic. Uh, Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, man? Yes, Shane. Thanks for having me on your show, man. I'm really excited to see what you got going on with your badass logo. It's like a brain exploding into the cosmos with like some Falcor looking God and some dude meditating with a bunch of chakras and UFOs and demon people and shit. I mean, that is a lot uh, to cover in a logo. And I I think it looks great. Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, A little bit about myself is, yeah, I like to joke around a little bit. I I am a comic uh, practicing learning uh, comedy uh, and uh, just a creative person for the past, you know, sometime. And, uh, and, and I call myself a blue collar mystic. That's the name of my podcast, blue collar mystics. Uh, I really don't believe in gurus per se, right? Like I believe that we can help each other, but uh, as far as, you know, like having a cult leader, not a big fan of that. I think we're all blue collar mystics and that's why it's uh, pluralized like that. Um, I really like, I have that. A, I agree with that. Yeah, too. I have an amazing cast on that show. Uh, my good friend, James Thomas, also known as Admiral Hits, uh, and uh, Mario West uh, of Love, Truth, and Beauty often join me on that show, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a really cool show. We try to live stream every Tuesday, and then uh, I, I also really love exploring, I guess, and this is going to sound a little cliche, but like um, like wake-up stories, like other people's stories about how they became conscious and started asking themselves the brain exploding questions and the ufo and the shadow people and the demon and the chakras and the galaxy light all the stuff that's on your logo basically uh is all the things that we all sort of have to encounter on our journey you know from knowing the world as we were taught that it was to understanding it and experiencing it in our own way oh yeah very different way um as far as uh your beginnings what 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 got you into this kind of stuff personally 
Well, in 2012, I got hit by a, a basically like a freight truck full of uh, knowledge and information that made me realize how dumb I was. And uh, that was after going to college and, you know, being, you know, doing pretty well. I mean, I was always, I wasn't gifted or anything. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty average, pretty, pretty mid uh, as far as most things go, uh, you know, but never, never like, you know, but I, but, but I just had a regular upbringing, very standard, you know, middle-class kid. Um, and then after I got out of college, I just kind of, I wanted to find out what my purpose was. It was kind of like my big thing. So I went out into the world and I explored pretty much everything that I could had a lot of fun. Uh, but I always thought that like my purpose was going to be like some, like, uh, some like, like sting in society, right? Like a circus performer, uh, lion tamer, uh, scuba dive instructor, right? Hiking guide, rafting guide, scuba diver, whatever, right? Like something in that realm that was going to be my purpose. And I explored, 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 had a lot of fun, discovered a lot about myself, but I never found any purpose through doing any particular line of work or duty or any of that. Uh, so, um, so 2012, relatable for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked for that for a long, long time. So 2012, uh, I kind of, you know, stopped doing, doing things that way. I came, I came home, I had like a breakup, I had a dark night of the soul. And, uh, and I really started asking myself, you know, what am I here for? What is the point of all this? You know, what should I be doing with my time? Uh, and, uh, I had a pretty dramatic experience. Uh, I guess I'm sometimes the only one who doesn't know I'm a little bit extra, but, uh, the typical, like living in dad's basement for months and, you know, not knowing what to do with my life and feeling disempowered and victimized by the system and all the things that I was taught with a lot of contempt for the institutions and, uh, everything that, that, that could, had contributed to my development, right? Like I felt like I had, I felt like I had a lot of my life stolen from me through the educational system and uh, you well, know, a lot of stuff and a lot of life yeah. and a lot of stuff that doesn't really make sense. And when you get, when you start to ask why for these things, they don't really want to answer you. They just shove it off. So yeah, I, I sure. completely understand that. Sure. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I was really upset and, uh, and dis I felt disenfranchised and, and like I was, yeah, lied to. And, uh, and so I started to, get into a bit of a rut with that. It became depressing and, and I self-destructive and, you know, emotionally, uh, in a pitfall, uh, tailspin kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, and I had to dig out of that pit. So I started looking into anything spiritual that I could transcendentalism, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, and then even modern stuff, new thought from the early 1900s, but modern self-help and self-development and all these different techniques, uh, and so, um, through looking th through all that, uh, I found the Ikigai model, which is a Japanese and ancient Japanese uh, way to find meaning. This is called a reason for being is what it stands, what it uh, translates to. And as far as like finding purpose and getting an idea. So I did that whole ex exploration, that discovery. And, um, it turns out, you know, one of the things that I am here to help people do is to, you know, find and identify their purpose and, I think I struggled with that so long because it's something that I can help people with, you know, cause it's not like a role in society or a function in the world. It's something that you can bring to whatever it is that you're doing. Right. And so through a lot of exploration and questions and all that stuff, a lot of spiritual work, I, I, you know, I feel like I've, 
I've defined my purpose in a way that's kind of like an essence, right? And, um, and that's something that I can bring uh, to wherever it is that I go, no matter what that is. If I'm, so I, I consider, you know, everybody has their own sort of uh, purpose statement and there's really no rules for that, whatever resonates with you. But for me, I, you know, for me, it's like to bring people joy. That's a big part of what I believe my purpose is. That's the basic fr- foundational aspect of it. Uh, and I learned that through journaling. And um, when I wrote it down, it, I just recognized it as really powerful. And it's something that I can do, you know, on a podcast or on a YouTube video or in the market or out in my yard or out in the neighborhood or at a part or whatever. I can do it anywhere. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's kind of how I view that whole purpose uh, idea aspect. And so uh, I do a lot of work with people defining that, uh, but also, you know, going through the psychic basement, you know, letting go of trauma, understanding tools for uh, psychological and personal development, like the Enneagram and I mean, whatever, really human design, astrology, a lot of different tools and ideas. Uh, I try and stick with the most practical, right? Like that's kind of how blue collar mystic to me applies. And um, and, uh, trying to make it functional for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's up to, uh, like we have to find our own way, right? Like it's, it's, it's up to each and every one of us to do the work. I can't do it for anybody else. And, and I think we're also like natively, we're natively, uh, equipped. We have, we're ancient technology. We have all the tools within us. And, uh, it's very often I get distracted, start looking outside and forget it. It's really easy to do. But uh, regardless of what it is that you do, I think you can bring your essence, your, uh, you know, your specific energy, your expression to it and make it a better thing, no matter what that is. So if that was me raft guiding or ski instructing, because I literally tried everything, you know, as a musician, I was a uh, dishwasher, I was a cook, I was a bartender, you know, waiter. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't try everything. I, I wasn't a lawyer or a real estate uh you know, person. It's a whole other game though. (laughs) (laughs) But I tried a lot of things. Right. And I try and I, and I traveled and I still couldn't really get a grip on it. So, you know, it took me a while to, but, um, through those years of development, um, and, and sharing learning, I'm a producer as well. So I was working in the film industry, uh, off and on in the, at that time, uh, as well, uh, which was really lonely (laughs) often. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so that's kind of a little bit about my background and like what I do. And, um, yeah. And then we have that show, the blue collar mystics, uh, and there's a, there's a, there's quite a few things that I'm like promoting and, and, and partnering up with other people with and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm really excited and actually, you know, I passionate about taking, helping, helping people understand, like, I see it so much in the sort of conspirituality movement, whatever you would call it, of just disempowerment. And uh, I want to inspire people to like, we're here for this time to be able to contribute to this. Like, that's part of why, you know, we're a part of this network and affiliating, you know, we already know that we have shared values and goals and things like that. I mean, even just a couple of years ago, people that had like minds like this didn't have a way to connect. But, you know, thanks to podcasting, not only can we have these kinds of conversations, but we can also have listeners listen to these conversations and also learn new things from us. So this kind of gives, you know, us a purpose within our words, too, just like you were saying, bringing joy to people and helping inspire everybody. 
I mean, it's, it's important, you know, I, and, uh, and that's exactly right. Like they, we can all relate, like we're having a conversation. People can peer into our conversation and be like, I really resonate with that. You know, that sounds cool to me. It makes sense. It's logical, whatever, or, or the opposite. But I mean, you know, it, it really has presented these past couple of years have been rough, but it, I really have seen the community come together more than I had ever seen it before, you know, like 2012 or 2013 or 14, when I was, you know, first getting into this stuff, everyone was really kind of discombobulated. And, uh, and I see a lot more collaboration, a lot more people crossing over. And, and I think those are good things. I think we, it's good to share our skills and abilities with each other. That's part of the whole process of, of, why we're here and why we're doing what we're doing. You know, like I had my face scraped across the pavement, you know, uh, to wake me up or whatever, quote unquote. Um, and I guess I just needed that experience, you know, but I don't think it has to be, you know, some dramatic dark night of the soul. You know, there's going to be some of that, you, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to experience suffering in life. That's just the truth I would say of the law of duality. You got to have good things that have bad things, but it all plays out in the end where something may seem awful now, but if that awful thing didn't happen, this good thing in the future, it wouldn't have happened too. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's all, it's all in any game. I feel like there's, there's a reason and a method to the madness, of course. And it's definitely, it has another wisdom than you or I do. <laughs> yeah. They're thinking on a whole other level. Like we're thinking three-dimensionally, they're thinking four-dimensionally that, you know, we don't understand the concept half the time of why do I go through all these awful things, but then you realize that later on, all those awful things made you a stronger person. And now you're, you have the ability, like you were saying, to help people by, you know, relating your past experiences with their current experiences to help them make it through it. Yeah. If I didn't struggle for eight years trying to figure out what I was here for, then I wouldn't have tried so many different things and had so many different tools at my disposal to help other people figure those things out. You know, like that's one thing that I can particularly help people with is a little bit of clarity, a little bit defining their reason why, you know, who they are and how they, uh, how they sort of attach to source, you know, like there's, there's a lot of humanity as well uh, involved in exploring and understanding yourself, a lot of compassion as well. Um, But I think it's really cool to kind of, experience that tether, the thing that sort of drives you, motivates you, your reason why, you know, that you want to move forward and keep going. Because if you can keep that in your mind, then when the days are tough and you're struggling, then it can be just enough to propel you forward in the direction to continue on with your goal. Because one of the best things I ever learned in self-help or self-development is that you either get there or you don't, you'll never wind up in the middle. It doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't wind up in the middle. You'll either make it to your goal or you'll give up on it. It's one or the other thing, period. And sometimes it takes longer (laughs) than you want it to in my experience every time. But um, it's like you were saying though, you just got to push through it. And the problem is a lot of people unfortunately give up, but they got to keep that positive mindset that if they keep pushing through, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you get what you, you get what you put in. So all the work and effort that you put in, eventually it'll come back your way. You just got to push through the hard times and, you know, know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's really hard to do that. I mean, it's really easy to want to give up and, and that's okay. I mean, it's okay to feel that distress. That's another thing that I've learned too, is like, 
the spiritual movement, you know, on the other hand, you know, I'd say the conspiracy conspiracy movement is, is kind of got this dark gloominess to it. Then the spiritual movement's got this like denial, you know, it's like toxic positivity kind of thing that they talk about. And I think it's important to be honest. If I wasn't a comedian, I don't know that I would have been honest. I think I would have been like that toxic, but like, I can't have a bad, I can't have a negative thought. Oh no. Oh no. Not a negative thought. That's the worst thing ever. That's going to manifest my reality. But it's like, dude, chill the fuck out first of all <laughs> and comedy's built on stuff like that it's like you got to take the dark situations and then turn them into something funny and that's how you you know like you were saying you bring joy to people you can take a sad situation and make it into something funny and that's that's inspirational for a lot of people it's really cool what you got what you comedians are able to do that some some people might call it alchemy you know and uh there's other ways to think about it uh but just transferring you know your pain into um, either a, a lesson or uh, a great story uh, or, or, or a laugh for another person, you know, story is ama- amazing, right? Like as, the more I get into what I would call like self-help is like healing yourself, right? Like coming from this place of victimhood and, uh, and, 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 and replenishing yourself, um, finding the parts of yourself that you've kind of ignored and allowing those back in, right? Like the shadow work and all that kind of stuff. That's really self-help is, is feeling whole, learning to feel, you know, like, like you have a worth, right? And, uh, and then the development part, I really see as understanding and experiencing ourselves as these very unique and, 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 and exciting uh, beings that, that are human, uh, with the flaws and all of those types of things too, right? Like we want to be healed and whole. That's part of like the self-help and the self-development is exploring the truth of who we are. Uh, and I think those things kind of happen, you know, synergistically. Uh, but I like to differentiate a little bit between those two things, because I think it's important to appreciate our humanity and our, the things that, you know, we might have, might have contempt for, if we're not careful, we're trying to be like this perfect angel thing. It's like the higher self doesn't come here to be some perfect angel, you know, like the higher self comes here to have experiences. And sometimes those experiences are going to be arranged. Like the hero's journey is the story of encountering something completely new and mysterious. It's something that we can all relate to. And every time we make a major decision in our life, we're going on our own hero's journey to discover and to develop and to understand ourselves because unless we put ourselves in a completely new situation we will never understand how we'll react to it until it's happening it's funny that you you say that too because i always believe that the meaning of life is experience Hmm. and experience is yeah i think experiences are definitely more highly sought after than money or uh, objects or any of those things for sure Uh, i think that's pretty well obvious to most of us um i feel like too if uh you know if there is another side it's the one thing you could take with you because if you're some type of spiritual consciousness that ascends into somewhere else like the one thing you'd be able to take with you is your experience so right it's like those the most memories. useful i believe and then like i said you can use it for a lot of other things like i can relate to the fact that uh i'm kind of been a jack of all trades my whole life and because of that i'm able to do a lot of random things you know Dude, so I am also a jack of all trades, but did you know that there is a second part to that saying? Is there? Oh yeah, it's yeah. uh, I remember hearing it. I just can't remember it off the top of my head right now. Yeah, it's jack of all trades, master of none, but oft times better than master of one. 
it's sad that we dropped that part out too because it makes it so much more important because it's funny that all the people that are a jack of all trades feel like they're useless but realistically if you have somebody that's a jack of all trades they're definitely going to be able to do a lot more than a master but a master may just do it perfect but you know the jack of all trade will be able to touch a little bit of everything though you know yeah i think someone who is a jack of all trades has seen a lot of processes come together and so they might understand the next link in the chain and even have different insight that someone who is a master might not and not to say that a jack of all trades is better. It's not about that. That's duality, right? Like I'm a jack of all trades. I'm better. I associate with this and other people are stupid. Like that's judgment. I always um, say that everybody, it's like a giant puzzle and everybody has a piece that they play. So, you know, it's okay yes. that everybody's different because that's the spice of life and that's what makes things interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but it is great to be a generalist. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's certainly not a negative thing. Uh, it's something you can do and you can jump in and do many different tasks and, and well. So I think that's you know important and uh, to kind of throw in on that whole like purpose is experience. I love that. I think that um, I think it's really about experiencing or learning the lesson of unconditional love here on this planet. That's what we're here for, and that's a true experience. That might be like a milestone in your soul's growth. You know, like I, I imagine that that would be worth putting on a graduation cap for. You know, when okay. you can accept unconditional love into your reality in a in a true way. And I'm not saying I have done that because uh, we all try though every day. Pretty tall order. I think we have to, I think we don't know until we get the opportunity to make that decision. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's presented. Yeah. And then depending on the actions that you do, depending on what's in front of you. That's right. Yeah. It's, am- it's amazing though. I mean, we are, we have so much power and control over not just our experience, but that, that influences the collective experience, right? based on how we experience our reality, whatever our map is, whatever we're paying attention to and focusing on. Um, Not to say that, you know, it's about putting your head in the sand and ignoring things that are wrong. But the point is that with our attention, we can create new things, create new systems. And, uh, and we don't have to, you know, uh, just take whatever it was that we got had the only options instead using our attention and energy uh to to create to create new networks to you know to do new uh to do new things that are not necessarily part of the old structure or paradigm and i think that's a big part of why our community is coming together what the purpose of you know um this experience is you know as a collaborative too because you know, we are connecting and we have the opportunity to create those memories, to create those experiences of joy, connection, community, love, you know, picnics. I love picnics. Oh, and, uh, and, and we also have the opportunity to give ourselves the experience of shame, humiliation, debasement, sadness, uh, disempowerment. And it really ultimately depends on each and every one of us, how we decide that we're going to view the world, right? Like I say, you can always use negative emotion emotions to do, to, to achieve your goals too. Cause I always say you can use like jealousy to, um, make yourself more motivated to do something. Uh, you can use sadness to, help inspire other people to not be sad. Like I was saying kind of earlier that you go through the same grief and then you can later on use that same grief to be able to help somebody else through grief. Like I, I like to believe that there's always a good and a bad to almost anything. Like even, yeah. even being happy, unfortunately, like 
it's always really great to be happy, but there's also bad sides to it where, you know, you get forgetful of other things because you're blinded by the happiness. So sure, sure. every emotion I feel like has its pros and cons and it can be used in a, in a positive way. I've been trying not to use that term because uh, I feel like it's better to kind of have like a neutral understanding of everything and not just be over flooded with the positivity aspect like we were talking about. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, I, th- I think uh, so. The distinction, I think, is idealization, right? Like positivity is not bad. It's not bad to have rose colored glasses and to look at the world in a positive way. It's not. Uh, but when you idealize something, right, like because what we're dealing with here is uh, emotional an emotional language with the universe, right? Like we are interacting with the universe that maintains a specific equilibrium. So when you say like, not too happy, like overjoyed, like cheesed out thinking that, you know, you're on top of the world and, you know, uh, or, or that, you know, this uh, particular idea is superior to something else, you know, getting swept up in the mania, I would call that idealization you know, and there's a fine line between that and uh, confidence, you know, just firmly um, pursuing something for the sake of, of pursuing it. But when we get swept up when that emotional energy gets really high, then there's going to be a crash for that. Like think of like a storm, like and how weather works, like emotions, for lack of a better way to say it is, is the spiritual sort of world, you know, yeah, the spiritual like world swing. you go up is the, high one way and then you go back down the other way it's always going to balance out, right? Like if you care too much, then it's, you're going to push it away from you. (laughs) And then when you don't care anymore, it's coming your way. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Opposites attract, but yeah, better way to say it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, once you realize that that game is going on though, you can be a little bit clever about it and learn, learn a bit, uh, how to play it, you know? Um, and that's, I, mean, I guess, what of... manifesting is. You know, it's not what people think it is, like magic uh, and manifesting. I don't think it's what people think it is, um, but I think it is technically accurate, even though uh, I, I kind of hate the term manifesting in a way just because it's overused. It's like a, it's like the Hotel California of yeah. new age terminologies, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think it's still that idea, right? Is that we, we are creating our reality. We decide what the world looks like in a very literal way, even just by, by choosing the way our filters, our thoughts, you know, and, and programming ourselves, it's like program or be programmed pretty much. I think that people just, uh, they look at that term and they expect something to happen drastically in front of them. It's almost like miracles. Like a lot of people don't want to believe in certain things because they don't see a crazy miracle happen in front of them. And it kind of goes the same with the manifestation that, People want to believe in that and they think they're going to get everything that they want instantly and they don't realize that it's, it's little pieces and it, it builds up to that. It's not going to be an instant thing and it's not going to be something that just magically happens in front of you. It's something that you have to actively be working at, of course, to finally reach that goal. Yeah. Yeah. We live in such a culture where we just expect immediate gratification and, you know, it Facebook takes time help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't help, but it, we have to remind ourselves. I mean, it's easy to get in, into that, uh, in, into that like frame. Cause it's just pitched constantly for us, you know, constantly, constantly, constantly like a magic pill, magic pill. So, you know, I think it's a good thing to, it's crazy that we're ourselves. all so connected, but yet we're also feel so lonely at the same time. That just kind of shows that, you know, we're not fully using the internet to what we could be using it for. 
True. And connecting in real life and in other methods too. I mean, there's some pretty wacky shit that's possible. Uh, honestly, uh, the things that I would have never expected, you know, as a pretty, cause I'm a pretty, you know, logical, r- relatively grounded type of person. I would consider myself, somebody else might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I, I consider myself to be that like, I'm not crazy woo woo or anything in my opinion. Um, but uh, through trying this stuff out and experimenting with it, you can find some pretty, uh, pretty interesting things, some different techniques and ideas, states of consciousness that can be reached, uh, without using the internet with that, you know, with us connecting in, uh, in a spirit, in a spiritual way. Um, I, I really like also being able to connect in a physical way. You know, we got to do Grimerica's contact at the cabin, um, and we're doing that again next year, uh, in Mount Shasta, it's going to be incredible. Um, see, that's a blessing and a curse kind of thing too. Cause it's like, you probably wouldn't be able to have as many people go to that if it wasn't for the internet also. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, we, it, we use both, but you know, have using the internet to get everybody in person was, you know, amazing. Once you're in person with a bunch of people like that, you have that chemistry and it's amazing. You know, even going to like pork fest or Midwest peace and Liberty fest or, uh, or whatever, you know, like you make those connections and, and, and it's really amazing to have the opportunity to have a conversation and truly connect with people who have shared values. It's amazing. I'm happy that we're using the internet. Like I'm stoked right now that you and I are talking. I would that's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if it wasn't for the internet. I love the yeah. internet so much. It can be used for so much good. It's just that it's unfortunate that the side that people get pushed towards is the side that kind of represses your growth, that you feel lonely because you're just looking for clicks and you're just watching little short videos. You're not really learning anything like kind of a back and forth. You know, it's, it's extremely beneficial, but it can also rot your brain in a sense and make you feel super depressed, which I feel like is a big issue that a lot of people are having today. Everything's a tool, you know, and uh, it's about how you use it. You know, I don't blame, I try not to blame uh, a specific thing, you know, for the, for a, a, a cause of a bunch of problems. It's not the thing's fault. It's how it's used. It's not the club's fault. It's if you smash somebody over the head with it, yeah, that's, exactly. that's on you. Right. Like, um, and of course we don't have great education. Not everybody's aware of how toxic the internet can be and just understanding the concept of algorithms is kind of kind of scary on its own well you know google searches are pretty much toast at this point i think most people click on the first thing they see anyway and, yeah and then uh, google gives you the solid answer at the top now where you don't even have to click on a web link it's just like oh uh how do I do this? And then it gives you a full description before you even click anything right at the top of the page. And you don't even second guess where that's coming from. You're just like, all right, this is it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's amazing what's been done with the internet in just a few short years. Um, I'm grateful for like alternative platforms and stuff like that, because without those, I, I don't know if we'd be able to reach some, some of the, some of the folks that we do. So, you know, we do like Rockfin and and some of the other ones, like Content Safe, actually publishes for us on five different platforms enough that I can't even remember what they all are. But uh, so if you, you remember know. some of them, you have to plug them at the end of the show so everybody can uh, go and check out check out your stuff. Yeah, wherever it is that you hang out, we have content there. I'm pretty sure because I I've just posted to YouTube and they punish me, but we just keep <laughs> posting it there. And uh, 
and then content safe publishes it everywhere else once it goes up on youtube it's usually a matter of hours before it's on BitChute and uh odyssey and uh minds and i think gab tv we're all over the place it's it's really cool um, so uh going off of everything that you've been kind of talking about i've been kind of asking everybody this question um if you had to explain what your belief is where we are in the universe and like what is going on with the universe what what would you describe as your belief on it well i i'm a big uh, natural law kabbalion you know type of person uh i like the quantum stuff joe dispenza vadim zeland was uh, some amazing stuff uh, i think what's going on is we are um we are all infinite intelligence resolving back into itself through this wild journey of uh, challenges and experiences and such. Uh, one of the, one of the things that my, one of my best friends said to me and stuck with me for a long time is that if unconditional love is real, if it's true, it would have to be tested. That is true. Cause there are, they say unconditional love for your child, but there's a lot of parents I'm sure that have had issues or whatever, and they just don't feel that too. So it's like, it's kind of a, kind of a vague term. You never really know until like a certain situation arises. Cause I feel like it only takes a certain situation and then people would be willing to turn on each other, even if it is somebody very close to them, depending on the severity of the situation, of course. Sure. And, uh, and so I, uh, <laughs> I've thought a lot about that, right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in there. And, um, uh, you know, but for me, that's really what we're here to do is, is, is learn that lesson. However, we learn that lesson. Um, I think that's, that's part of what's going on here. Uh, is it a simulation? Is the earth round or flat? I don't know uh, any of that. Um, but, you know, as far as what we're doing, I believe that we're progressing and evolving back into the all, the mind of whatever creator is. And, uh, and in order to do that, there's going to be a lot of, I guess, experiences that need to happen as a result, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to say reincarnations pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I, I don't have any beliefs, right? Like I'm going to quote Robert Anton Wilson here. I have my suspicions and my suspicion is that, re uh, reincarnation is a thing. Um, that we I actually do have. have some reincarnation stories that I, that I could tell you about that we could go back and forth on after, uh, after you're done explaining the rest of this, this part you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Just even part of like the experience that people have with NDEs and stuff like that. I believe there's plenty of evidence to suggest that we're having multiple experiences here. Um, and so I guess at that point, the question becomes, you know, is it something that we graduate from become yogis? Do we get, keep researched in here via the moon? Uh, do you go to the, you know, light when you die or do you go away from it? I don't know. Um, my, I, I don't think any of that really matters. I think really it's about us experiencing, um, ourselves or the self, you know, from an Eastern, uh, philosophical place, uh, directly. And at that point, that's, that's what really matters. I think that has to do with unconditional love, letting things be the way that they are and loving people no matter what they do. You know, I don't oh, think it's easy, but yeah, <laughs> that's my best guess. We can all try though. I mean, you just got to learn how to accept people for their differences. And that's really hard for a lot of people. And I mean, it's hard for every one of us, but you know, we just got to get better at it every day.
I think everyone has, everyone has a legitimate perspective, right? Cause we each define our own world. So your experience is not going to be my experience is not going to be anyone else's experience. So they're perceiving and experiencing the world in a completely different filter than you are. So that, once you start to understand that, then other perspectives start to become valid. And then it gets to the point where it's like, well, what perspective isn't valid because is the person who is hearing voices, you know, that no one else is hearing, are they actually hearing those voices or are they imagining that and who's to say? And so it gets into some pretty, it gets convoluted really fast. But the point is that infinity is real. So every single point of awareness on an infinite grid belongs within that infinite grid and it can't not, right? Like it's the mind of the all, it all, it, every, every perspective, every point on that, on that grid, which goes on forever is, is valid. It has, uh, it has validity and it's, it's experiencing reality its own way. So when you can think of things that way, it, it kind of shifts from trying to make people view the world the same way that you do into kind of trying to understand how they see it, you know? And then I think at that point, kind of goes back helping to experiences people, too, that everybody's yeah, experiences help, are different. So their perspective. Exactly. And we, and we base everything on those experiences. So once you learn how that the map is not the territory, but that you are in charge of your map, you are the one who focuses on it and creates that reality. You know, it's mostly emotional, uh, you know, and that's what you're doing on a, on an energetic level. Uh, and, uh, the map is not the territory, but you can adjust the map and it will always reflect on in the, in the territory. So, you know, so I think opening that up, like coming from that place of acceptance, knowing that other people are viewing the world in a very unique way to, to you, you know, the Enneagram helped me a lot with that because there's nine different types on that wheel and everyone has a completely different motivation in that, in that uh, personality typing system. And I, you know, I don't like a lot of personality typing systems because of the limits that they place on us. Like, Oh, I'm a such and such. So that means, you know, I'm lazy or whatever. Um, then people almost use it as an excuse sometimes. Exactly. It's another exactly. Type. It should be a challenge to, um, go beyond your limits. But what's cool about the Enneagram though, is that it shows your specific motivation. So now that you can start to see, oh, I can actually put someone else in, I can put myself in someone else's shoes because I can understand their motivation. I'm motivated a certain way. Another person's motivated a different way. And, uh, and so that can kind of help you see different sides to truth, right? Like uh, Eileen Day McCusick says there's 144 sides to truth. And that's a quote from somebody else. But um, I think she makes a really good point. You know, the map not being the territory means that we can't necessarily directly know anything because we have to interpret it through our map, through our model. And everyone's is different. So every perspective is going to be a little bit nuanced. It doesn't mean that it's not like, you know, you can take the blind elephant metaphor, right? The four guys that are all blind and they're all touching an elephant. One thinks it's a trunk of a tree. One thinks it's a, you know, uh, like the side of a building. One thinks it's a... There's a Twilight Zone episode like that. I remember with uh, that plane in a hangar where they're all talking about the colors. Like, what mm. color do you see? What do you see? Yeah, yeah. And that's, a, so that's a great example, you know? Um, so coming from that place of understanding, I guess, is my whole point. 
that other people are having a different experience and seeing things differently. It, it just opens that door up. Like even just mentioning that, putting it on the table for the other person to, to also acknowledge, it, it, it creates space, you know, to actually have a conversation. Uh, one of the things that Robert Anton Wilson uh, loved to say was that, uh, you know, I, he, he had uh, E-prime was his like uh, thing that he would posit. He would say, if we just took the word is, an R out of our vocabulary and say that it seems to me to be, you know, like maybe logic, you know, it might be like this. It could be like that. Right. Like I don't, there's a lot of power in knowing that you know nothing. And that kind of fits that concept. (laughs) Well, it's you, you experience it your way. It's like, Hey, to me, it seems like this, like, I really like so-and-so, you know, and somebody, nobody's for everybody too. You know, some people love Seinfeld. Some people can't stand him, you know, but I, but if I sit here and say Seinfeld is better than, Dave Chappelle, then it starts then, a battle. And then you're that's then a po- you're polarizing, polarizing statement, right? If I said I enjoy, I wouldn't say this. <laughs> Wait, I enjoy Dave Chappelle more than I enjoy Jerry Seinfeld. That's a completely different statement. Now I can still talk to the other person, and I haven't created an, a rift or an argument. Like our consciousness has open space to connect, as opposed to to smash, you know, uh, into each other polar polarizingly. And I think there's a lot to that. Just, uh, understanding there's a lot of power in words, just, just about the way you word things. You can say things six different ways with the same exact words with different tones and the way that you say it makes a huge difference depending on the person's response. It really does. Well, I mean, they say, you know, words are spells, it's spelling and, and yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, there's, there's neuro-linguistic programming that people use and, and they manipulate people into buying things and doing things and taking certain actions. Um, and there's nonviolent communication, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is that's really what we should about, be building towards, honestly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a more healthy way um, to take. Uh, yeah. It's just a, it's just a more healthy way to engage with uh, other people, right? I think it's important to know both tools. I'll I'll throw that in there too. I don't think it's a bad thing to know. NLP or sales techniques, you know, in fact, I think knowing those things helps us to defend ourselves against them. But, uh, but by knowing the, 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 the more positive holistic tools, I think it's actually really easy to see the difference by studying. What do they say? It's like, uh, if you study the, uh, if you study the actual hundred dollar bill, you'll be able to spot a fraud. They don't study the different types of, of, forgeries they study the actual hundred dollar bill and then they can spot the forgery really quickly um so you know learn the right tools you know (laughs) and you don't have to learn all the tools to guard yourself against that's a positive you know um just just but yeah just in in our our communication how we relate growing i think that's part of our evolution are you familiar with the law of one um i am but for the listeners that don't know if I mean, I'd, I'd love for you to explain it to them. Yeah, sure. So uh, the law of one kind of sa- says that overarching uh, evolution or development of existence, right? And so we're all existence. We're all God. Like everything is, you know, God or spirit or whatever you want to call cre- creation uh, resolving into itself. So we're taking these steps up a, like a ladder of consciousness towards unity, toward unity consciousness with the mind of, of the all with, with creation. So where a lot of people say that we're at now, there's, there's eight densities that the eighth density would be um, like 
full on, you know, uh, collapse into the one perfect bliss. Uh, but there's some steps along the way to get there. It's like, uh, let's say that the universe fragmented itself into a bunch of small pieces so that it could encounter itself and get to know itself and to develop and to resolve and learn and evolve back into itself. And so uh, there's first, second density, third density, fourth density uh, is how they explain it in the book, all the way up to eight densities of consciousness. So it's kind of like a dimension, but it's more like uh, awareness, you know, a level of consciousness, I would say. So like rocks would be rocks would be like uh, first density of consciousness uh, has some awareness, uh, but not it's not self-aware. Third third density is self-aware. Um, you know, second density would be like, you know, plants and animals and stuff like that. They're not self-aware. They're just impulsively doing what they're doing they don't really have, you know, I've always wondered about their consciousness personally, that if it's just something that we don't understand, but they may be just as conscious as us, but in a different manner. Absolutely. You know, I mean, plants are definitely conscious. Uh, there's no doubt about that, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so I'm, yeah, but in the model of law of one, that's where it, that kind of folds in and then human beings hit the third density of consciousness and all these developments take like millions of years and shit in the, in the book, but like we get to the third density and uh, there's a split going into the fourth. So there's four fourth density consciousness is I, I would expect it to be, you know, much more collective, uh, com, 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 collaborative type of uh, experience where there's me social memory complexes going into this next density. And I don't know how far off this is, how many thousands or millions of years away, but, um, but from self-awareness to understanding that we're part of a larger thing. And I think those uh, consciousnesses can be polarized positively or negatively going into those densities. So we could become based on the law of one book, we could go into a, a shared experiences that is a positive fourth density uh, consciousness, or we could go into uh, one that is negatively charged. And I guess it's possible that both those things happen simultaneously. Uh, different people have different experiences who even knows? Uh, I've always wondered if we achieved that in the past and then started falling back from it. Cause it seems like a lot of people in the past were onto a lot of different self-aware things that today we just kind of push off unless you're in this community. But I always, I keep wondering if we, if we regressed from that. I think there's a lot of ancient tech and, and knowledge that we're missing. You know, I think the future is in many ways behind us, yeah, you know, definitely. like, yeah, I, I know I, I can't imagine like how the pyramids were built. There's got to be some sort of, a, you know, levitation involved or but something. But in school though, it was copper tools. Keep that in mind. Sure. <laughs> copper and tools, breaking levers and stones. pulleys. We can't even pick those things up with hydraulic cranes. You and know? they put them on boats somehow and put them down the river. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Yeah, we got clowned pretty hard in school. So I think that was one of the big ones that started making me look into things. As soon as I got into Egypt and like, what was it, like third or fourth grade, there was just a lot of stuff that was like, hey, so this isn't right. And teacher's like, no, 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 we're just learning it. Just shh. <laughs> but yeah. uh, going into the things that, that you believe in, I'm really curious, what's your uh, what's your view as far as like psychedelics go? Do you think see them as like a character building thing? Uh, do you see them as some type of connection to this? this other consciousness that's above us or do you see them as just something that makes people feel funny like uh like what's what's your belief on them 
well, I, I would say again, everything's a tool and I don't, I don't think they're good or bad or any, any of those uh, things It's up to each person, how they uh, engage with, with that. I think it can be a very uh, powerful catalyst for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of really gr- good research on it. Um, it's not like something a lot of that's these really beliefs came from stemmed from a lot of that kind of stuff and just experiencing those types of experiences and using it as a tool. Cause I'm a firm believer in using it as a tool and not as a drug, so to speak, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like it has a lot to do with intent, you know, like, what are you doing this for? Are you partying or are you, you know, seeking uh, direction or are you celebrating? What are you doing? Uh, it's really about the user, I would say more than anything else. And uh, I think they can be very valuable tools to people. Um, and, but, you know, but I don't think they're necessary or anything either. Right. Like, I don't think you have to do drugs to fucking know God or something. I think there's a lot of people who, um, are, you know, completely having transcendental experiences without inducing it through, uh, any type of chemical, you can have some pretty crazy experiences in your dreams. Lucid dreaming is crazier than any drug that I've ever done. Um, you know, it's, insane what you can do in a, in a, in a dream and the kind of rush and euphoria that can come as a result of the awareness of dreaming and knowing that you're in a dream and how does that translate to your waking life and, and kind of breaking those barriers down, you know, getting deeper and deeper into the spiritual stuff, uh, learning about Castaneda and, uh, the ancient kind of Toltec, you know, stuff and, um, just different, different, older sh- shamanic traditions and things like that. There's, there's, there's a lot that can be done. You know, it's like even Robert Anton Wilson and, uh, and some of the experimenters in the seventies, even including Terrence McKenna, who's a big proponent of entheogens, right. Uh, doing some pretty amazing things that people would consider miraculous or otherworldly or unheard of or impossible, but it's very, uh, it's actually very accessible. These experiences and, I mean, we seek them because, you know, they're, (laughs) we're seeking. It's like a, like a shortcut to getting to where people talk about with meditation. Yeah. We're seeking. Yeah. We're seeking ourselves. I mean, that's really what it's about. See, I was like asking these kinds of questions because I feel like a lot of the people that are more on the self mystic side aren't into psychedelics. And I definitely like to make that a separate thing because I feel like a lot of normal people would consider people that are into the concepts that you're into as like, you know, like psych knots, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I like to ask these questions to try to differentiate the two so that a lot of people understand that it's not just, you know, people that are into shamanic ideas being just a bunch of guys hanging out, eating mushrooms and taking acid. Like it's a very different concept and a very different community within that. And like you were saying, it's the the idea of some people see it as a party thing and they just kind of base their life around it. And then other people see it as a tool and then other people don't need it at all. And they can, reach the same level of consciousness and understanding. Um, like you were saying back earlier too, it's all a matter of perspective too. Yeah. And what's right for you, you know, you got to know yourself, right? Like Tim and Noske, like, uh, how, you know, what's the right experience for you to have? I think, I, I think there's a lot of value that can be had from having like a mystical experience. I know people who've had Kundalini awakenings through meditation, uh, through a lot of different, uh, I've, I've heard those are almost like a DMT experience too, and that they're very intense. I think they are. I mean, I think we we naturally produce DMT in our brain, you know, especially like late at night and stuff, like around three a.m. There's a nice little hit that you get. So, um, 
so yeah, so it's, it's a very natural thing. It's part of, they call it the spirit molecule. There's definitely something very curious about that, right? Like when we die, our brains release all this DMT. So uh, it's a, it's, 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 it's in every culture. It's all over the world. It's a plant it's, it's often in different plants, right? Like grasses and all kinds of vines and things. From what I've read, it should be in almost every plant. It's just the matter of the content of it. And like mimosa bark, for example, is what people make DMT out of. And uh, that stuff has a very high concentrate of it. But from what I've heard, you have um, different things in your stomach that break it down so fast that you don't actually feel it. But almost any plant that you eat does contain that chemical makeup, though. Hmm. And then there's one living thing that can produce it. And that's the, uh, I forgot what they're called exactly. But they're, they're a type of frog. And they, they shoot it out as a venom. And they call it 5-MeO oh, frog yep. or whatever. Which is also kind of weird because that's the only like non-plant-based thing that like produces it in that manner where it's like pretty much anything like it's it's a venom so or it wouldn't be a venom it'd be a poison i guess because they would secrete it um but any anything that bites them it's like they'd have a spiritual <laughs> have a spiritual uh thing happen to them you know like, they have a come to jesus moment you know yeah, pretty much i heard that the guy who found that frog uh his story is that he was basically just walking up and down the river and he was just finding frogs and putting their vet uh venom slash It'd be poison. I keep using the word venom, but it's poison uh, on his cigarettes. And he put that on his cigarette and blasts it off, you know, and uh, that, that's how that was discovered. Like, it's weird that some guy just decided to walk around and put random things on a cigarette and see what happened. <laughs> and he picked a back of a frog and then just got blasted away, huh? That's Pretty funny. much. I mean, it was probably the same with uh, a lot of psychedelics, to be honest with you, because even, um, you know, the stoned ape theory. Have you heard that one before? I, ha- I have, yeah. Even that, I mean, who, who would have knew what would have happened if you would have ate a mushroom growing out of poop, but somebody took the chance and look what happened. And then there's a lot of theories that believe that that was a huge expansion in consciousness when we started understanding how to use tools and different things like that, too. So yes. I feel like it's definitely played a part through history, and it's definitely played a huge part in a lot of religions. And it's well, a Gnostics lot of believe reason that, why that we Jesus. believe in a lot of the stuff we do now. Yeah, I mean, the Gnostics believe that Jesus was a Avenue to Muscarium mushroom, you know, certain sects. So, you know, which makes a lot of sense, right? The virgin birth, like what, what is the only plant that doesn't, you know, that makes its own spores? It doesn't, it doesn't have to pollinate with something else. I mean, it makes sense. Same with the, uh, the burning bush and stuff too. That's another one, another reference that people I feel like kind of overlook and it got lost in language. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a very likely a a drug induced. I think a lot of the uh, things that are written, you know, as prophecy and things like that are very reminiscent of, you know, psychedelic, uh, visual, you know, tropes and, uh, Same almost- with a lot of the architecture in India too. And a lot of the, um, like drawings they do, um, for like Hinduism and stuff. It definitely seems sure. like it has a big EMT characteristic to it. Well, and I think that's really good evidence for, you know, people who don't seek through um, like, I guess, entheogens or whatever you want to call it. Like a lot of the folks in the Eastern, like they've just done tons and tons of meditation right, and had these experiences um, of trans transformation, transcendental uh, bliss and um, beautiful imagery and, and those types of things just by searching within themselves without anything as sort of a catalyst, right? Chemically or sub substance wise. 
Um, so I think that's really good evidence for that. I don't know. Like there's like stories of like Ram Dass, like going over and, uh, giving his, uh, giving his guru, uh, LSD and DMT and other things. And it's just not even affecting them or them saying things like, yeah, that's just the outer lights. <laughs> yeah. Like this stuff doesn't even touch. You guys don't even know what's really going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that says a lot, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. very telling. And I think it's, uh, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking how you seek, you know, you have to do things your way. So, you know, I'm not pro or con anything, uh, but I'm also not an advocate. Uh, so I think people have to define their own processes and, and learn themselves and ask themselves those questions really starting from developing a, a keen sense of intuition and uh, learning to hear their own inner voice, you know, like, um, so yeah, I think, I think entheogens are fascinating and, uh, and definitely, definitely, I think they have made a lot of impact on people. <laughs> oh yeah. I say even for me sure. personally, but that's another reason why I don't necessarily advocate them for every, anybody, but I also sure. don't say that they're bad. I just kind of say that, like you were saying, they're, they're, they're what can I say? Tool. Yeah. What can I say, man? You know, <laughs> 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 what can I really say other than just, you know, it's up to you, you know, you're, you're. So going you're off sorry. the uh, psychedelic concept, um, say somebody's listening to this and they're completely lost. Uh, they don't know what they want to do with their life, where they're going. Uh, do you have some, some basic steps that they might be able to start following in order to maybe start finding their path? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something that I love talking about and I'm super passionate about, um, as well. I, you know, I would say that it really starts with, with seeking inside yourself and just being willing to write some things down. You know, one of my favorite exercises in my book is uh, to just sit down and write down what you think your purpose might be for 20 minutes, just give it 20 minutes. And if nothing comes up that really hits you cool and then try it again, you know, do another 20 minutes and just write things down that you think might be it. This is how I kind of discovered mine, right? I have some other tricks and tips and tools and, you know, uh, models and things like that. But for me, like that's the most basic and straightforward way to kind of get into that. It's like visualizing your goals. That's the best way it's, to describe it. It's just like asking, you know, when we ask our subconscious minds a question, subconscious mind is connected to everything in the infinite alternatives field or whatever we want to call it the quantum the meta you know the metaphysical expanse of infinite consciousness uh, the infinite film role the everything that is was and will be whatever uh, our subconscious mind is connected to that so when we start to prompt and ask those questions i think a lot of times we're just afraid to do it but once we start to prompt and ask those questions the subconscious mind starts to seek for the answers for that so it might not come the first session or the second session but you know, for me, I wrote down, you know, that I was here to bring people joy and it just made me cry. And then I'd realized how far I'd come from myself because I'd become so much of a shut in and such a passionless, sad, you know, just vessel. I was just empty because I was so angry and, and such a victim in the world. And that definitely helped me to understand. I just realized that I everything that I did was bringing something into the world, right? Like, so every time I felt uh, positive or joyful, I was bringing that into the world. 
And when I wrote that down and just made me cry, I was like, Oh my God, that's it. I feel like one of the main things that people need in order to start trying to figure out who they are and what they need is they have to find what their means to vent their emotions are, be it like for you, it's uh, it's comedy. So you can get your, your emotions and the things you need to get out through a form of art. For some people, it's music for people like me, it's podcasting and having the ability to talk and just ask all these kinds of questions. But I feel like it's definitely a necessity that you need some form of way to express how you feel on the inside and project it into the world, even, even just writing stuff down. Yeah. Writing stuff down. I mean, I think we're all writers. We're all creators, you know, it's really healthy to write things down. And one of the most powerful practices that I ever learned was just morning pages, just writing two, two pages, three pages in the morning. It doesn't have to be anything, but it just gets the gunk out. And it also starts putting things in your awareness that you would have, would have otherwise gone unnoticed. It's a, it's a meditation in itself. It's from uh, Julia, Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And, you know, a lot of us, we feel because we've been indoctrinated and gone through school that we're not creative, that we're not good, that we don't have good ideas, that we're bad artists, that we're not, you know, but everyone here is a creative and it doesn't even mean that you're going to write a, be a playwright, but you've got to like, find we, your medium. We create in so many ways. We're constantly creating, right? Like in so many ways. So it really is the nature, you know, of who we are and not just a little either. We just, it's, it's a lot. So just letting that steam out, you know, and, and confronting yourself and what your true motives are, you know, the more that you just let that stuff come out, the more you're going to see it, acknowledge it, you'll see your preferences become more specific and you'll start to see, you know, uh, what your real beliefs and feelings are about certain projects. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, exercise. I, I I recommend it. You know, it's, it's just really simple. You just wake up and you just start writing. You write around about your dreams or what you have to do that day. It doesn't matter. There's literally nothing that you have to write about. And the whole point is just to write down. You can write down gibberish. It doesn't even matter. And I have, um, but it's really helpful to just get that faucet going you know, and, 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 and then it's a lot easier too, when you do sit down and do something creative to, to, to turn that faucet right on, but you start to see the things that you need to acknowledge written down right in front of you. And you start having these like, uh, epiphanies and you're like, Oh, cause I think a lot of the things that I noticed since I started doing that practice, which maybe I've been doing it. Cause I've, I did it consistently for a while, a few years ago, and I've been doing it consistently for probably close to a year. Yeah, half, half a year, maybe. Uh, and, you know, the thing that I would miss, uh, I'm, I'm acknowledging it's coming up, you know, like the things that would have just kind of irritated me, but just stayed in the background. I wouldn't have acknowledged it. So it's been really helpful for me, but just writing anything, you know, but to sit down, write down what you think something might be with no attachment to it, no judgment about it no censor saying that this is not good enough because we all struggle from that, especially I think from, from school and upbringing, but just getting that creative flow going, you know, uh, it'll make a huge difference. And there's a lot of power in just writing really just gibberish. Right. But I mean, I can definitely back that up. I'm a, I'm a poet myself. So um, just having the opportunity to write my ideas on paper, even if nobody reads it, 
it's, it's an awesome way to learn how to just kind of like stabilize your emotions. Like you're saying, you're just writing gibberish. You can get some anger out. Um, but writing, writing has a lot of power behind it. And I feel like because of that and being able to write, it also helps you with your ability to like talk and communicate with others. Yeah. Um, Cause you can learn to express your ideas on paper and, you know, take back the draft a couple of times, rewrite it if you need to, and just learn how to, how to build your ideas better and how to like communicate with others better just off of writing. And it also makes you feel better because it's a great way of just venting out all the different emotions that you need to get out. Yeah. You'll acknowledge things about yourself and learn new things about yourself just from journaling, just from writing. But I mean, most of the self-help stuff or whatever ways to kind of define things and, and discover it has a lot to do often with writing, you know, and, uh, you know, some form of creative means. Cause I feel like people are naturally meant to be creative. Like you were saying in some way, shape or form, and Exactly. you don't see like woodwork as being creative. You're like that, that's a form of art, you know, absolutely work sound is a form of art. The ability to just stand in front of a group of people and just be like, you know, somebody that can present something and talk like that's a form of art. Like people mm -hmm. just don't see that they, they just have to find a means to vent and it can be extremely inspirational for others that they find exactly what it is that they're like, you were saying their purpose and what they're meant to do. And it all starts somewhere and you just got to figure out what your, what your medium is. Yeah. Just start moving in that direction, you know, and, um, and, and start asking yourself questions. It's like, like I said, you know, prompting, prompting yourself, asking yourself the question, you, you'll eventually find the answer. That's how you find out. <laughs> that kind of goes back into the manifestation thing that it's not like, uh, something that's going to instantly pop into your head. It's, uh, you have the idea in mind, you have the goal in mind. And the only person that can limit you is yourself. So if you don't put a cap on yourself and you just let it happen, then you'll, you'll achieve the goals that you need to achieve. It's just a matter of, uh, of time and people just, yep. you know, they don't want to take the time to do it. They just, they want give up in the responses, middle. Yeah. you know, they give up in the middle. And, and so you'll never make it to the middle. So you'll never, ever, 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 ever make it to the middle. You'll either make it all the way or you won't make it. You'll turn around. But if you just keep going, <laughs> Yeah, man, just keep going. Just fucking don't stop and don't take uh it's like you have to, you have to, in order to get something you really want, you have to do something you don't want. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going back to the law of duality too, that yeah, there's a good and a bad to everything that, you know, you, you may not want to deal with this certain thing, but dealing with that certain thing makes this thing happen. I'm sure like right. exactly like you with comedy, I'm sure you don't want to deal with, uh, you know, you may not always want to write. You may not always need to feel like you, you may be feeling right. off some days before you go on stage, but like sometimes sure. you just got to push through it and it ends up being worth it in the end. And some of those Dude, days when you push through it like that, and though know, you may not feel good or you may not feel as happy by the end of it, you know, you might feel happier. You might inspire other people for the fact that of like, oh, wow, he came on stage and he still just wanted to go up there and make us happy. Like super inspirational to people, just even you yourself, anybody just pushing through, you know? Dude, sometimes those have been my best sets, you know? It's like the most feeling are... and the most passion. Well, no, I get up there and I don't want to be there. And I, <laughs> you know, and I push through it. And often, sometimes those are my best sets. It's weird. Like when I have all that resistance in the parking lot, and I'm like, I could just turn around. I don't have to fucking go in here. Because you know? it's your, it's your medium of expression. So it's almost like you're anyway. <laughs> unwilling to want to do it. You like turn that into your show, you know? And then it's more authentic. It's, it's, it's interesting how. Yeah. I mean, you just have to just keep, keep going, like go toward the resistance. It's, 
it's a fine line too because you know we want everything to resonate and make sense and it does but there's still resistance and we have to go toward that in order to really fulfill that desire that we have there's a process there we have to step into the unknown we have to do things that are uncomfortable in our own hero's journey in order to get you know to that synthesis to be able to process and and complete a task to learn a new skill you always have to take a risk to get a prize yeah you do and a lot of people are scared to do that and unfortunately that's why a lot of people end up creating an unhappy version of themselves where they feel like they're stuck in where they are because you know sometimes you just need to take that leap of faith because you'll never know if shit will ever change unless you take that leap of faith it's well said man but i know you uh said you got to start wrapping up here around uh a little bit here. So um, I guess before we start to close up and go here, uh, is there any other messages that you would like to get out to anybody that you think might inspire some people to start doing, doing good? Any like closing words you want to, you want to leave on with everybody? Oh man, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, get on stage and talk about your taint. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to inspire people to know that whatever it is that they want to do, whatever that that is really, if they ask themselves and honestly think about that, that, that reality is not only possible, but it already exists. And, uh, you know, infinity is real. So in this quantum sort of reality that we find ourselves in, it's not about creating as much as it is about choosing, you know, that reality. Uh, you don't necessarily have to fight and struggle, right? So much. There's going to be resistance. We're going to have, that's going to be part of the process, but uh, it's totally not even possible but it already exists uh, in the mental world. So it's just about bringing that into the physical. And, uh, and it's really uh, something that helped me a lot was like, oh my God, like it already, it's already a thing. Infinity is real, every single point on that infinite grid. So it's about, um, you know, taking your power and applying it in order to, uh, to put yourself in the, in the best position you live your, live your goal, live your dream, do the thing you want to do. Uh, and just, and just get out there and, and do it. If there's somebody that can help you do it, find help, <laughs> find a community of people who can help you and, uh, and just start taking steps. You don't have to throw it all out there either. Right. Like, and, and take that huge risk, you know, you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, but Maybe. just get out there and start following your bliss, your passion, the thing that you're curious about, because curiosity leads to passion passion leads to purpose and purpose leads to fulfillment it's so unfortunate too that there's a lot of old sayings like the jack of all trade one that uh kind of kind of dampens what it's actually meaning like curiosity killed the cat they make it sound like it's a bad thing to be curious but not realizing that like in order to become a person who's happy within themselves and a person who can help others you you have to be like that you have to be a curious person you have to be open-minded absolutely kind of contradicts itself you know yeah, it's, it's the only way to learn. How else are you going to learn if you're not curious? But yeah, that's really, that's a great insight, man. Um, so if anybody was interested in learning about your mystic stuff or if they wanted to look into your, uh, your comedy, where, where would they find you at? Sure. Uh, so you, you better be interested. If you've listened to this show for this long, I hope you're interested. I'm definitely uh, interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some comedy clips and stuff on my website. It's bootsygreenwood.com slash comedy bootsygreenwood.com uh tell you a little bit about me uh there's a free book on that website to help you navigate to your purpose a little inspirational plus a tool inside that uh book uh and then i have the podcast blue collar mystics 
It's weekly every Tuesday. And we have big live shows on like the, the repeating dates, like five, five and on. And uh, so, yeah, so check us out. Bluecollarmystics.org. My friend James, uh, we've been collaborating. He's got a Sonic portal. Check that out. Uh, That's on Instagram at Sonic portal. Uh, you can find our audio books uh, on our webpage, Blue Collar Mystics, uh, and a free PDF there on uh, creating your own blueprint to happiness, which is what we're working on right now. It's our next offering uh, to the community, James and I, and uh, I'm really excited to bring that forth and uh, and share that with folks. And uh, yeah, you can hop on, you can book a call with me anytime, no obligations, just say, hey, whatever. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram at Bootsy Greenwood. I'm at Bootsy Greenwood on the platforms. My name is Owen Hunt. I go by Bootsy Greenwood. That's my stripper name uh, <laughs> because Owen Hunt was already taken by a very prominent fake doctor. So um, instead of, you know, going through all the hoops uh, and becoming a chiropractor or something like that, just so I could be Dr. Owen Hunt, I decided to just use my, uh, you know, the first cat we ever had was bootsy and then greenwood was a street uh <laughs> i like it. it has a ring to it though definitely I, I, I feel like it's, it's a good stage name I, I i'm fine with it you know like and uh you know but you know whatever you want to call me it's fine it doesn't matter i have really close friends that call me boots or boots ananda or fucking goof on me and call me all kinds of shit because all my friends are funny as hell but um but a lot of people call me owen too it doesn't matter so hit me up say hey um yeah, find me. I'm I'm pretty active on Instagram. We have a Telegram for Blue Collar Mystics. All the videos and stuff should have that information on that. Come join our Telegram. Come say hey to us. It's the best way to open up a conversation. I do all kinds of crazy things. Like we have a dream coven right now. Uh, it's not currently open, but you know it's something that we are doing to experiment the in the dream world with my friend Abby Johnson, who's an avid lucid dreamer and a Castaneda uh, follower. And, um, you know, so we do every once in a while, just free, cool things like that. It's kind of like a internet pop-up or something. I don't know. Uh, but that's what, that's some of the stuff that I do. Like I said, I'm so practical and down to earth and I'm having a dream coven that's tongue in cheek, by the way, it's just really about learning about dreams and, and how we can, um, leverage those to, you know, to, to heal ourselves, to make our lives better, to develop, uh, and, and, and evolve, uh, and be the best people that we can be ideally. So if anybody's interested in that, hit me up in all the Bootsy Greenwood or bluecollarmystics.org. You can find all those links there. I'll also add them on the bottom too. And of course, I'll probably be checking out your thing too. Cause uh, I don't know if you've heard from my other stories, but I, I was also a person that used to astro project when I was a kid, when I used to sleep. So definitely, uh, definitely up my alley. And I'll definitely have to get some more information on that. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, hit me up, man. I'm I'm all I'm around Shane. Yeah, you guys hit me up out there. Hop on the Telegram. Come connect with us. We'd love to say hello and uh, see how we can continue moving forward towards uh, a better future. Everybody, you know. Oh yeah, that's all we can do, one step at a time. Like we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. Just it's, it's a, a matter of everybody just wanting to team up and work together. Love it, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shane. It's been great having you on the show. I hope that you will come back one day. Uh, This has been Inquiries of Our Reality. Hope no matter where you are out there, this word's got to you, and hopefully they resonate. Have a good one, everybody. 
If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic question for the show, or has anything they feel they can contribute to the show, please send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. If you'd like to donate to the show so I can eventually do this as a full-time thing, please check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash inquiriesofourrealitypodcast. And of course, follow me on social media for updates on the show. For Instagram, it's going to be www.instagram.com slash inquiriesofourreality. And for Facebook, it's going to be www.facebook.com slash inquiriesofourrealitypodcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.